I'm not a werewolf, but I'm your host, Scott O'Dell. I'm joined by host Jeff Gars. Hey, Scott. Not a werewolf. Special guest, Melissa O'Dell. Hey, guys. I'm the Seeker. And host, Cody Jorgensen. Hi, Scott. Not playing werewolf. Did you see what Melissa did there? She played along. She 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 humored me, unlike you two. (laughs) What did I do? I said I'm not a werewolf. You did. Sometimes Cody's not great about it. So we have an action-packed show for you guys. We have a couple announcements. Yeah. This show's actually coming at you in 3D. That's why it's going to feel so action-packed. Ooh, can we start out of can we start out of the gate with the new sound effect? Can we do the news? Time for some news. The Spiel des Jahres winner has been announced. It has. 2018. It was a game that we all felt kind of okay. I enjoyed it. What game are we talking about? Azul. Azul. Oh. It won Spiel des Jahres. And Kenner Spiel des Jahres was won by Die Quicksilver Don Quiglinberg or something like that. The Mind? No. No, there were a couple German German named only games. Yeah. Wolfgang, I can't remember his last name, no. had like three of the six nominees between Spiel des Jahres and Kenner Spiel des Jahres. Azul winning is a little bit of an affront to me. How? What are you talking about? They should have a category for like simplistic puzzle game. That's what that's Spiel what this, this Yaris they is. Do. They do. Right, it's called the game enough. of the year. Fair enough. Like what were what were some previous Spiel this Yaris winners? Um Codenames. Camelot. Oh, this is the family version. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. it's the Spiel this Yaris. Okay. Yeah, the, the one Kenner. you like is called Kenner Spiel this Yaris. Who what one Kenner Spiel? Die Quicksilver von Quindlenburg. Which is what? I don't know. No idea. Hasn't come out in America. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great, I look forward to playing it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of games we've played. Uh, or should we go back to announcements? And back to announcements. That's fine. All right. Cody's got an announcement. Oh, yes. We are going. So our our board game guild is up and active. It is guild number on board game geek. Guild number three, 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 two. Disappointing. Uh, it's three, 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 two. Uh, one short of awesome. And so I think it's you like us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, board game geek dot com slash guild slash three, 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 two. Um and uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a contest to to encourage you all to join there. Ooh. I'm going to start a thread on that guild uh, for questions for the show. And uh, I, we are going to give away a game because Ooh. I'm trying to unload some of my games anyways. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to say this. I will mail this. Globally, I will mail this to anywhere on the Globally? planet. I will mail it anywhere on the planet. I will eat that marketing. Our, our cast. listener in like the Seychelles just most <laughs> really <yes>. excited. <laughs> what does he sell at the Seychelles? The seashore. The seashell. No. <laughs> you said what does he sell at the Seychelles? And you All said right. the seashell. Okay. The anyway, second piece of news. Yeah, but, but and the only reason I want to do global is because I do want to like advertise this on like. Uh, uh, Reddit board games and like maybe make a board game geek thread about it and see okay. if we can actually advertise on the internet that hey we're giving away a game. Also maybe check out our podcast. We're not total morons. We uh, have a copy of Eclipse to add to that as well. Not my copy, but oh, we have an a, extra copy for another contest or the winner gets both games. No, the winner gets to pick the game. They the get to pick the game. Yeah, yeah. and, gotcha. and I'll, I'll, maybe I'll put the list within the post of the potential games you could win. You know, I have. I, I said on the last podcast, I was selling some board games. I have officially sold two board games. 
I'm very exciting. Ooh, that's exciting. But I also so, have some that I'm willing to give away, so I'll make sure I send that to you. So yeah, the the quote best question, uh, the one that we like the most, entirely subjective. Or only one if you're yeah. one of the, one of the yeah, seven. Yeah, you'll look out. Uh, we'll get a free board game from us. Okay, what's the other news, Scott? Something about what? We might split this podcast into two. So if you see episode 52, part one, that's the first part, and part two would be part two. Oh, yeah. So we would one week and release it in part one, and then the next week, part two, and then after that, we would do the whole one. We're changing the format because you mow your lawn every week, yes. and we want to release content every week. Yes. Right. You deserve it. I mean, and, and I say that as we sit right here, I'm two days late of putting up the episode that we recorded two weeks ago. Hopefully but we recorded it weeks. <laughs> we recorded it weeks in advance. So, you know, I'll I think our neighbors will be much happier with us if we start mowing our lawn every week. So I'm for this plan. Yeah. Can you imagine living on a golf course? Whenever I'm golfing, I'm like, there's like one house that doesn't pay somebody to come out to their lawn. They're the rough. Tell that their yard because. Because not only do their neighbors mow well, but the golf course mows really well. So it's just really, it's really clear who the terrible homeowners are. When I when I lived in a when I lived in a house, I uh, I rented a house from my parents, and I would push it to two weeks. I would always push it to two weeks. I get away with it. We have way too much stuff to talk about, guys, <laughs> to be taking tangents. Lawn care tips. Uh, so yeah. yes, we have heard from people Cody's that advice life. they would listen. They would listen more if it was a regular thing that happened every week. Well, I'm fine with that. So okay, I think I can speak as Scott's wife to say confidently that Scott will happily take an excuse to get out of the house every week. Ooh, no, I think we're still only recording we're once still every only two recording weeks. Recording once every oh, two weeks. Oh, all because right. But through the magic is. of editing. It'll actually be the first time this podcast has ever been edited. Yeah, except no, for that, it, that except one. for the one time you took my entire section out when I said that we were moving to every week. We and ha- then you guys unilaterally decided that we yeah. were not. Yeah, no, we're not. Uh, outvoted. Um, and then there was, that, there was that one time on our first episode where Scott swore and he had to go back and edit it out. There was a lot um, of political That might happen this episode. Too. For the record, I had a friend uh, who, who sent me an email, said his wife has been, like, they've been playing, like, Pandemic and been playing a couple couple games and she's like wants to play more games and so he's like do you know any two-player games and i was like i've been waiting for this moment Mm. so i wrote a really long email um i categorized two-player games based on um what you might have played what you could play next and the ultimately the best version of that game um and i also went back to our first episode which was a two-player games episode um and i'll tell you what right now that that episode stunk that's not a good episode of podcast material. <laughs> if you're just joining our podcast, like kind of join midstream, don't go, back to, don't go back to the first one and listen. It's not good. I don't even like our advice. I'm, I was like, why did we recommend those games? Like we were all about Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. We're like, you got two players, Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. That's all you need. You were about Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. Mm, you check the tape. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying we need to do a two players a re-release? I think we need to redux. I think we need to revisit. Version we could it. literally do all the two player games that have come out since we did that episode podcast. and we'd have every game would be better. Like we could do Fair an enough. entire episode of better games that have been released since we did it last. All right. Time. So, you know, we live in a post truth world and it doesn't matter what the tapes actually say, right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He meant Pathfinder Adventure Card Game and so let's do what are you <laughs> what are you consuming? Jeff, what are you consuming? 
I am consuming a Diet Coke and a bacon Gouda pizza, but I'm going to stop eating the bacon Gouda pizza until we're done recording because it's crunchy and delicious. You should eat it now because it's better when it's warm. That's true. Like most pizza. Yeah, that Not all we, pizza, but most pizza. Honestly, I, we don't have to edit your voice out if you just eat the pizza and I don't talk. I cold pizza. Oh. <laughs> I was listening to an episode the other day where you said that you don't even turn my microphone on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you're claiming you edited it out. Melissa, I'm what are you drinking? I'm cold brew. Ooh, cold brew. Cold brew. It's delicious. I don't know. It's not as good as if it had a lot of sugar in it, which is how (laughs) I would prefer to drink it. But I already had my sugary beverage for the day, so I'm making do. It's caffeine with no sugar. Mm -hmm. That's legit. I I am drinking the On Tap Special, which is the Founders Rum Runner. Is that what they're calling it? I think it's Barrel Runner. Barrel Runner. Yeah, Asian Rum. It's Asian Rum Barrels, which I was like, and it's an IPA. Honestly, it's just a little too hoppy, but just barely. Uh, the the like weird rumminess paired with the sort of floralness of the hops is good. It's just a little bit too much hops. Um, it's an incredibly unique beer that has a very interesting taste that will never be made again. But so it's delicious. If you want it, come get it. Yeah. If you like rum, and, and it's a dollar off right now. Yeah. I am drinking Dogfish Heads Flesh and Blood IPA, which is kind of like an it's orange citrusy odd. IPA. It's really good. I'm sure it's delicious, but it's an odd name for a beer. All right, we got a lot to get through. What have you been playing, Jeff? Um, it, for me, it's not what I've been master. playing. It's what I've been Jeez. designing. What have you what been designing? Is, what? I have finished now my project. I submitted it yesterday for my master's degree in critical and creative thinking. And my project was designing a classroom board game for my debate class. And so I have officially designed my first board game. Um, we are using this game as sort of the textbook for the debate class. Um, it is a glo- it's, ki- it's more of a mega game than it is a board game. So each week we'll play one session and we will use whatever happens in that session. It's a global politics simulation as the fodder for our debate topics that week or whatever we're studying that week. So some mm. weeks it'll be debate, some weeks it'll be uh, philosophy, things like that. Um, so we're going to use the things that happen within the context of the game to kind of as our curriculum materials to spark discussion that week. Um, so each each uh, child takes on the leadership role of one of the four countries in the game, and there are forty there are forty plus crises that they have to solve. Um, it was originally designed by a man named John Hunter. Um, it's called the World Peace Game. And I, what I've done is I've taken sort of the basis of what he's done and modified it for my needs and my curriculum. And I did my master's project on it. And so if you want to hear more about that, there's a TED Talk that John Hunter does. There's a documentary on Netflix. There's also a book. Oh, yeah. What are the, what's that documentary called? It's called of... World Peace and Other Fourth Grade Achievements because yeah. he plays it with fourth graders. So yeah. I modified it to make it for high schoolers. He also, he also plays it with older kids, um, but he teaches fourth grade. Is it's it a like really the Model UN? It, it has some flair of Model UN. It has some flair of just sort of a normal mega game. It has some board game flair. Um, the, main, the main part of it, though, is there's these 40 crises that sort of form the core of the game, and the students have to work together to solve them. So, for example, one of the crises is uh, there's an island off the coast of one of the countries that has an endangered species, and another country wants to mine the island because they think it might have a resource that they want. Um, but this other country doesn't want to endanger, you know, further endanger that species. And so that's a crisis that we have to solve, right? One country is basically coming in with all their equipment and the other one's trying to get them to stop. 
Uh, there are crises that are happening. There's been an oil spill. There's been some terrorist attacks. Yeah. There's been encounters with aliens. So, so I think what I would do is I would take the get woke action uh, <laughs> as the mining country, and then I would invest in renewable resources, uh, renewable energy. Fair Same. enough. Boom. Crisis solved. Maybe that's what the students what will do. What if they don't Deal have a giant graders. desert like Arizona? I don't know. Well, it's, it, it's going to be interesting because we have <laughs> – I, I mean, I have students in my class. I know for a fact I have students in my class who fall on all sides of the political spectrum. And so one of the things that was really difficult for me who, as a very p- politically convicted person is to write the game in such a way that it allows for multiple – like, like, I have no idea how they're going to solve some of these crises. I can't is, even think is of Is there, a like, a role-playing element where, like, the student playing the United States has to just try to blow everything up and ruin it all? No. So no. what I give them is what you're – what I give them is the uh, sort of the role and the temperament of the country in the past. But I say that you have been gifted this country, and it is now your country. So if, you, if your country used to be all about protecting the environment, and now you decide that you don't want to do that anymore, that's your prerogative – but it's going to be really hard for you to solve some of these crises. So they, they have incentive to kind of stay within the role of their country. Um, and they're all fake countries. It's not the United States, Russia, and China, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. simulated countries. Um, but I'm interested to see how some of these crises are going to get solved because, like I said, I don't even know how I would approach some of these, but I'm hoping that my students are a little bit more creative than I am. And they're also mm. going to be doing research and things to figure out how to solve them. So that's what I've been playing slash working on. That is Melissa, what have you been You're going to make me follow that, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what have you been playing, Melissa? That I don't really want to follow that. I've been playing a little bit of News Fjord or however you say that game. Let's talk about News Fjord. Let's and talk about News Fjord. I love that game. So, ironically enough, I played this game three times since we last recorded, which is ridiculous considering I'd already played it 15 times. It is crazy. And Melissa, what do you think of it? I suck at it worse than I've sucked at any other game in a while, but it's fun. I enjoy it. <laughs> Okay. That's it. All right. That's your whole plan. No. I mean, I think that tells you a lot about my um Could it be the best game ever made? I as I think has become almost that's a meme for Scott at this point that his overreaction to games either in the positive or negative direction. So, no, I don't think it's the best game ever made. I do think it fills a nice niche. But could it be? She just threw some shade yeah, at you, Scott. Yeah, she hit you really hard. Yeah. And I, I don't know I why. think it's a good niche because there's not a lot of games that are that um, heavy and can occupy that much brain space for 30 minutes. Um, and th- so I, I will continue to enjoy playing it, even getting my ass kicked over and over again. I think I'll, it'll be have some longevity in our house. Question. We got to edit. We got to edit oh, Scott's wife sorry. just like that. Sorry. Boom. <laughs> can you imagine Question. what my three-year-old says around the house? When, uh, <laughs> that's true. Well, Your three-year-old. Because uh, my wife and I came over the other night, and I immediately swore at the top of my life. Kids is like you're a teacher. You filter well, all day long. How Scott can- wasn't exactly being a good example either that night. Out of curiosity, when Temperance was born, did Scott ask, you know, is this the best child ever made? <laughs> no. Okay. I because- mean, the joke I used to make is the reason you have a second child is for replacement parts for the first one. <laughs> what? What's the name of that book? Oh, Ka- that Kazuo Ishiguro book. Yeah. Oh. I don't remember. Remains of the day. I think mm, something like that. They made a movie out of it. Yeah, it, it was dumb. Right, the, book, the book was good. Terrifying. No, it was a good book. I mean, you laughed, Jeff, but it's true. Like the most likely donor you're going to find is your sibling. Yeah, man. 
the best donor is usually your sibling. But I don't, but I don't know that you. You only need to have a seventy-five percent kidney success rate if you've got two siblings, and the number keeps going down the more siblings you have. Man, someone outside is just. Yeah. I feel like we have. To, I feel like we have to address it. Like we really tried to not, but can I address it? Yes. So uh, in Spielbound's next room over, there's a corporate party going on. If you'd like to have a corporate party at Spielbound, and you would. So if you have a team of eight or a department of 30 or 40 or whatever, of course you'd like to come to Spielbound because that'd be a lot of fun. You can email Shelby at Spielbound.com and she'll set you up. Yeah. And they are having, they're having a good time out there. Yes. I don't know what game they're playing like, but I mean, it sounds like a cocktail party out there right yeah, now. Yeah, they're, they're enjoying it. So anyway, it. that's why it sounds like we're in a room full of, of happy people because they're not at work. So they <laughs> are. Just like us. It's the middle of a day on Friday and they're playing board games. Doesn't mm-hmm. that sound fun? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody, what have you been playing? You know, I have only... Like, I played Newsfjord. Let's talk about that some more. Um, and, it's and, a great game. And I've, I've, I've only been playing stuff we're going to talk about as, like, meat of the show stuff except outside of that. So um, I'm going to pass and yield my time to Scott... Scott, what have you been playing? The only thing I'll bring up that we haven't discussed because news short, and I thought most of them might have some more thoughts. It's a great game if you have kids because you can get it done very quickly. We've played several times when our kids were sleeping or whatever. Um, the other one I'll bring up is The Mind. I've played a bunch of that, mm-hmm. both at family gathering, friend gatherings. I played with um, Eric and Natalie and Wayne the other day, and they had played a lot in Germany, uh, and they just got back from Europe, and so they were... What is it called in Germany? The Mind. Is there not? Do they? No, know? there's a German name for it. Well, I don't know that they were in Europe. <laughs> they were they were overseas, and the way they played was no talking. Yeah, that's the rules. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the rules in their version, but it's not the rules in the American. It's not the word in the English. The rules in the English version. So anyway. Scott prefers to play with a certain type of cheating, where not only do you talk, but you use Husker trivia, only Husker-based trivia to tell people what your card yeah, is. Yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> but we've decided that it's not really cheating because he's the only one who knows this language, usually. No, the there's always the at least one other person. And I didn't know last time I played if there was, but uh, Wayne knew all of Husker. <laughs> not all of them, but he we, was he was better. Yeah, than like, I'd do it if there was like Survivor-based trivia. Yeah, I could it. say this season, yeah. But, but, you know, you'd say that Scott likes to cheat in cooperative board games, and he's been recorded on this podcast saying you can't cheat in cooperative board games. And yet, not 20 minutes ago, I tried to cheat in a cooperative game, and he stopped me. That's because he wanted to sabotage the game. How, many, how hard to go on a certain mission. So That's true. Um, so, yeah, that's all I've been playing. So I think first we should do Container as our first half of the episode. I absolutely agree. We should okay. talk about Container. So we've played Container. I've played it four times. Melissa and Cody have played it once. Jeff's played it twice. Yep. We have and opinions. This is the 10th anniversary reprint of Container. Cody, you seem who's the hottest the on this game. Who's, who's so the designer? Uh, I need to look it up. There's, Cody, there's seem, three designers. You seem the hottest on this game, so why don't you explain what Container is? Ex- explain the game. Absolutely. I would love to. Uh, so Container is an economic simulation game uh, where you are all creating different containers of different colors, presumably representing a different product, but it's super abstract, so it doesn't matter. Um, You're creating containers, and then you are selling these containers to other... You're setting prices, and then other people have the option to come and buy the containers from you, and they put them in their warehouses, and then people bring their ships over and buy containers from other people's warehouses. And eventually, once people have containers on their ships, they send the ships to this island where people will then 
bid and a blind auction for all of the containers on one ship to then uh, put in their on their island space, which is their scoring bank. So it really is an economic simulation with very very little influx of cash. I, I, I will say, I thought there was going to be less influx of cash than there was. There's actually quite a bit of cash coming into the game, but because you have to build infrastructure, there's a particular pace to the game that you have to go. Um, and, and so ultimately, it's a very strict, challenging economic simulation game where you are creating an abstract product, setting a price for that product, selling it to other businesses who are then selling it to another business or then auctioning it off to all the players. And you can at any time win that auction. Um, it's intense. It, it's very uh, strict in that it's punishing. In that if you if you put too much of your resources into victory points by winning a bunch of auctions, then you don't have any money to do stuff with. You can't. It, it takes a long time to sort of rev your engines back up again. Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of the long and short of it. It's a very dry... Very rule simple. I mean, I, I read the rule book while I was just eating lunch. Like, it took me 10 minutes to get yeah. through the rule book. That's what I was going to say. Mechanics-wise, this game is so incredibly simple, and yet I struggled with it so much, and I can't explain why. The basic mechanics, I had a hard time grasping. And then I think it's the biggest differential of any game I've ever played, possibly, between basic mechanics and the opacity, I guess, of the decisions you're making so that if... If you were plugging all the um, the rules into a computer that could just tell you how much each action would be worth in end game points, mm-hmm. um, your my brain is trying to simulate that computer in most games, right? To, with two greater dre- lesser degrees of success, and there was just absolutely no no correlation for me. I'm just doing things. I have no idea how to figure out whether this is a smart thing to do. And maybe if I played it a few times, I would get that gestalt. And apparently Scott and Cody did to a degree because they tripled scores of Jeff and myself. But I just had no flipping idea what was going on at any point in that game. Yeah, yeah. So I want to start by asking, on a scale of one to two, how would you rate this game, Cody? Four. Scott? A scale of one to two? Yeah, because those <laughs> are the only two realistic numbers. <laughs> Oh, you're one to two Jeff, out of ten. Jeff, what do you think? No, of this on a game? scale of one oh, to two. Okay. I'm just trying to get you to admit that this game sucks. Two being I, the best game ever made. I hated this game so much, and then. But you you didn't figure it out apparently. And they tripled our score. Cody and then or not Cody and then Scott texted me a couple days ago and was like, "Hey, we're gonna play Container before we I do the podcast." I explicitly did not say Container because I didn't want you to know we were gonna do it. Okay, so he ca- he Cody's knew the one that I hated who, it and kept that information from me. I didn't know we were going to. That's how I was. Morning, I was just Jeff's making like, sure. Oh, I slept in, and I was like, "You just don't want to play container." No, I actually did. I actually did sleep in. I woke up at my alarm. At, I woke up with my alarm, and then fell back. I won't shame you and say what time you woke up. It was at twelve thirty because I'm. It's the summer, and I'm a teacher, <laughs> and I literally turned in my master's project yesterday. Jeff, and it's, it's the summer, and I'm a teacher, and I got up at six o'clock this morning. That's a terrible idea. I don't know what you're doing to yourself. <laughs> No, um, I turned in my master's project yesterday. I deserve some fair. rest. You yep. get it. You why, um, why don't you like this oh game? Oh, my God. It's so bad. Um, so the first reason the first reason that it, Cody mentioned it's a punishing game, but I don't think it's punishing in a good way. I think it's punishing in a way that makes you angry at yourself, and it's not, it's not a productive punishment. <laughs> we don't disagree except in the adjective. Yes, it is a good kind of punishing because you did it to yourself it, you like when you find yourself in a corner, you can always trace back 
I say always after one play, you can trace back to, okay, what did I do wrong? What did I price wrong? But what did here, I buy here's, incorrectly? Here's why I disagree with you, Cody. I don't think it's ever a good thing in a game, whether you did it to yourself or whether the game did it to you or whether your opponents did it to you, to have a turn where there's literally not only nothing you can do, but nothing you want to do. Like, either of those two things is always bad. You should always be able to do something I to put yourself in a better situation, regardless of whether you put yourself there or whether the game put you there. And so it's punishing in a way that, re that like, reduces fun. And if you're losing by a third of the score of the other two players, like Melissa and I were, like, there's nothing that we could have done at a certain point. And granted, we put ourselves there. But there were turns, and it, it wasn't as big of a deal in the game we played than it was the game we Scott and I played with, with Josh. There were turns where literally there was nothing I could do. It wasn't that there was nothing I wanted to do. It was mm -hmm. that I didn't have the money or the space on my board to do anything. I could sail my boat around, I guess, but that's Couldn't not take out a alone. thing. What? He could take out a loan. You could take out a loan, but if I don't have any space on my board, there's nothing I can do with that money. The truth is somewhere in the middle. You're just saying that to contradict what I said about you being an extremist. No, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> the first time yeah, you've, Scott, the first Scott, time you've ever taken a moderate perspective. <laughs> I, I, Scott, I'm interested in your perspective because you hated this game as much as I did when we played it with Josh. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy that session of it, but I've played the game four times now uh, at three and four player counts. And three is a bad player count for this game because the more people have doing a facsimile of an mm. economy, the better because then you kind of averages yeah, out. I see that. Uh, and specifically, Josh was just like pricing his stuff way too high and then just taking advantage of me and you, which is to some extent what Cody and I did. Um, Jeff is correct in that there are turns like he had turns where there wasn't like necessarily a good thing for him to do He was being a little fatalistic. There was stuff he could have done to like do some stuff But at that point in the game He was already kind of out of it. I also had turns where there was literally nothing for me to do I didn't stress you don't about mean it nothing I for you. You mean like nothing like super productive? No, I mean nothing but literally moving my boat around and maybe guessing where it would be a good place for it to be next based on no information. Well, on you the board. didn't even realize you could put stuff in your warehouse even though you yeah, bought Yeah, I told you I had a hard time learning <laughs> the very simple mechanics of this game. I'm not sure why. So, I want to I want to double back to something Jeff said earlier and that is so you said that there's no room in games for for a, a person to have nothing to do or to have very little to do even if it's their own fault. And I say yes to that when we're talking about uh uh, entry level or intermediate level games I say yes this is clearly a complex economic simulation game like this is not supposed to be a light game I would never introduce this to a new gamer I'm not, I'm not sure I'd use the word complex well, heavy it's heavy like, it's opaque yes. that's what I'm getting at like it to actually play it yeah. well you have to do a lot of crazy calculations in your head no, to actually play it well it's it's very dynamic you react to the game you're playing it's, it's a game that's all about metagame and I know it doesn't feel that way because there's money and numbers involved but it oh, really it's is absolutely about the metagame because you totally yeah. screwed over Jeff by playing the metagame. And if Melissa hadn't noticed the slightly better move to, to buy something from you than buying from Jeff, you would have been in a terrible position. But you were like, hey, you know, it's better if you come over here, which is a thing you had set up. Like you clearly like it was a thing you were aware of. But it doesn't like exactly that contradict what the nature of this game is supposed to be, which is a heavy economic simulation. Like like the the ability to. <laughs> 
convince no. someone to do something, to do an action that ends up not being in their interest, Jeff, or maybe it is. Like people who want to play those heavy economic spreadsheety games don't want that in their game. So I feel sure, like there's a bit is, of a contradiction. This is well, both. This is like diplomacy and acquire put together. So and both of those are bad games. So why? Is, why? <laughs> 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 okay, I have to agree with Jeff on this one. <laughs> oh. So stay tuned for part two of the podcast where we talk about diplomacy. Anyway, Jeff, why is Bud Light the best-selling beer in the world or in the U.S.? It has nothing to do with how the, good it is. Right. It's simply marketing. Because I'm, you are, are setting your prices and you're marketing those prices and you're trying to play the metagame to get people to take those actions. But that's not ultimately how you win the game. How you win the game is by either by both starting auctions so you can get a big payday because in this game – there's a blind auction where everyone selects a certain amount of money. They put it in their hand and they reveal it. Whoever's the highest bidder uh, gets uh, the person who put it up for auction gets to decide whether they want to take the highest bidder's amount plus that same amount from the, the government, the bank, as a subsidy, or they they can pay that amount and take the the actual containers themselves. And that decision is is the most the most fun in the game, and it's the biggest decision in the game, and it's kind of where the game shines. Uh, because you want containers, but you also want a lot of money because money is the same thing as victory points. And it's and it's a great moment for everybody at the table because everybody has everybody should be at that moment saying, what does this person want to pay for this? What do they want to pay? What do I want to pay? How, do I want the containers or do I not? If you don't want the containers, but you don't want them to get them for cheap, you have to find that place where where you can bid high enough that they still buy their own containers. Like... It's there's a really tough decision in there, and everybody's involved. But if that's the case, then why have the hidden information? Like, if, if the goal is to try to figure out what that person's price point is, shouldn't we maximize the amount of information possible in order to make that decision even meatier? Because that's when ep- economic games get terrible, though, is when people get so stuck in doing all of the available math on the table. If all the information is known, Games are so unfun. That's a pretty good point. Uh, I do agree yeah. with you, actually. Uh, so I don't <laughs> agree that this game is fun, but I do agree with that point. So I feel like we all have a, a person in our brain when, that that when you think of like somebody on their turn doing all of the available math, and while we all just wait there and go, just use your freaking gut. Like I have a person in my brain. I won't say their name uh, <laughs> in my brain right now when we talk about that. But so my final, uh, you know, we could we could argue about this game forever. Oh, no. Clearly, we have strong opinions in the opposition about it. This is what I'll say about it, and this is what I thought when I read the rule book, and why I came in so excited, and why I think it was confirmed. Um, when I'm reading this rule book, so I've been running a small business for almost seven years now. And as I read this rule book, I was like, this is the closest thing to what I actually think about and do that I've ever seen in a board game. Mm. Like this is the closest to a simulation of, of, of the sort of like trying to vaguely understand what this, what the demand is going to be and how do I supply it? How do I, you know, trying to decide between, storing up cash or spending that cash and risking by having your cash locked up in inventory. Like there was so much about it that felt exactly like running a small business that when we started playing it, I was like, yep, these decisions feel entirely familiar. Now I was terrified that it was going to, it was actually going to seem just like running a business and I was going to get stomped. Like I was like, I don't know if I'm actually good at running a business. So I might just get destroyed in this game. Mm. But so I feel like, so it, maybe that's why you tripled our scores yeah. because you both own businesses. The doctor and the teacher <laughs> just <laughs> It felt a little yeah, every every decision felt familiar to me. Like we were 
like I wasn't re- I wasn't doing all of the math in my head. I was sort of approximating a lot of math. But at the same time, there were times when I was trying to judge the table. Like I was trying to estimate how much money everybody had. Like I had a boat full of containers I wanted. And so I spent two turns hovering around seeing seeing if you all would spend all your money. And you did. So then I put them up because I, I knew the table was starved for money. And so like abstractly and gauging. I secretly took a loan right before that yeah yeah absolutely you can secretly yeah. take a loan not secret no but, but he I took the, like I, it is a thing it. I hadn't considered and he yeah. took there's the, also uh, loans in this game America don't you love loans yes and yeah. you know what that plays exactly into running a business too <laughs> like you're like oh yeah I need money okay I'll take yeah. out the loan so it's gonna building punch me any in the kind of, of capital infrastructure in this game feels so bad because that's money you could be using to buy product and sell product, but you but also it, want that capital yeah. infrastructure. It, it's a pill I'm so used to swallowing, though, that I didn't feel bad at it at all. Like, so I'm I'm deeply ambivalent about this game after one play, <laughs> and I'll say that the f- generally the first time I play a game, I don't worry too much about trying to win because that's just too much stress for me. I just want to learn the rules. Mm. Um, I don't really like learning new games, so I probably veered too too far away from the analysis paralysis side of the scale to just doing things and not thinking too much about sure, it and sure. that came out in my score but i think when i it, there's something about this game that is intriguing in the fact that like i said before the discrepancy between the basic mechanics and the actual like math of how a, a turn is likely to turn into points at the end mm-hmm. is is just so great that i think that th- there is a lot of potential if i were to actually learn how to play well that it would be a really fun game that you could play in a reasonable length of time. Mm-hmm. The components are pretty cool. Nobody's really talking I about that. I like the components. Yeah. I, I actually agree 100% with you in terms of the, the difference between the simplicity of the mechanics and the opacity of um, yeah, how, it, how it works out in your mind. But I think a game that does that way better is Photosynthesis. In, uh, Never played okay. it. Okay. That's, I mean, not, that's not a terrible take. I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> we allowed it. So yeah, if you want to, the, so there's an argument on. So this is a 10th anniversary. Of this so this game came out 10 yeah. years ago, and so they they created a 10th anniversary edition. Um, I will. I, I'm gonna have to confirm this. I'm gonna have to reread the rule book, but I'm pretty sure they use two different words to describe the same thing. I think they use the word machine and factory Correct. in the same paragraph in Correct. the rule book to mean the same thing, which is a translation error. I'm sure they, they also rewrote the rules. Yeah. Like the rules are actually like slightly different and they rewrote them, which means the fact that that rule book is terrible is not excusable. It's inexcusable. Absolutely. Yeah. And so. And the art's bad. The graphic design is worse. And it's $90. And oh, wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a super expensive game. I'm sure we have a copy or two for sale in the library. But You could make it so in the easily. Store. We don't. We don't have it. We didn't but buy this any. Is, this is. So I was going to ask you. Make your you own. Play it at home. Game. My recommendation for this game is if you like numbers games and you like metagame with your numbers games like this is a perfect game to play at spielbound because it's got a bunch of really expensive pieces yeah come into spielbound to play it so you don't have to buy it and then you know maybe your group doesn't like it maybe your group loves it who knows the boats are absurd like they're they're like they're larger than a tube of toothpaste like they're humongous. That part was actually fun, moving your boat around the board. Yeah, I, I enjoyed but that. But the original game has wooden boats, and the containers are little wooden, like elongated cubes. So they're not cubes; they're rectangles. Mm-hmm. And I think I like that better. I like pushing cubes around. 
Can we? Do you recommend this game? No. Can we all agree on one thing though? That the name <laughs> container is an absolutely terrible. Oh, name it's for terrible. Board. Oh yeah, that's awful. And oh, they, it's so All they good. had to do was change the con- <laughs> like. All I had to do was to give the containers like if they made the purple one like video games. It's like they're allergic like, to themes, so they I, just want to stay I, far away from like it as possible. Harbor or port, like yeah. something. I, I've immediately rethemed this game for a, a mega game that that I'm going to play with some college buddies yeah. over a long weekend. Like. And, and I immediately rethemed it into beer. Like, I'm like, no, we're going to be brewmasters and we're going to be brewing different types of beer. But the Jeff, if they, if they rethemed it, you would just complain about how the theme does it. So then they just didn't have a theme, which is... I don't think they need if to rethemed it. I think he's arguing they just needed to call it something <laughs> other than... <laughs> the okay. It's just the name. Can- I honestly think if there were a theme that made sense with the mechanics of the game, I might have been able to grasp the mechanics better. I had a hard time... I mean, with- there, there was kind of a theme and that theme is like certain products are worth more or less to certain buyers. Yeah, but why do you have, like, yeah, the B2B aspect of it was really weird. And, like, there there were there were some obnoxious rules about the many phases a product goes through before it hits the market. And in this game, the market is actually just your own scoring. Right. So, like, like, the end user market is still the same players that are also the creators of the product. And, and if you had a theme that could explain those different um, stages of production in a way that made sense. It yeah. might have well, been. and if you mm-hmm. wanted to be true to the theme, then you you would be allowed to purchase your the things that you manufactured. You would be allowed to purchase the things that you were wholesaling. Yep. You'd be allowed to purchase. You'd be allowed true. to just not put stuff up for auction and say this is mine. I mean, yeah, yeah. There was no inline integration. Like you have, you couldn't buy whatever you had in your store and your warehouses. You couldn't buy whatever you produced from your. Factory. Yeah, and I understand why they did that because it it. It makes, it makes a better selling. game mechanically. Like, yeah, you it can makes understand, a better but game because, uh, but because it's hard to so thematically, you own. Yeah. Let's here. I'll create the theme. Thematically, you own a manufacturing, a wholesaler, and a retailer. But mm-hmm. because of antitrust laws, they're not allowed to interact with each other. Boom, theme yes. made. And your final score is based on the economy in your little whatever country or city or whatever. And if whatever you produce the most of, you flooded the market of, and you have to throw all those away, and you don't score points for those. Boom. Boom. We did it. All you so, have to do is on the piece of paper, right? Purple I, equals video like games. I could, green equals whatever. I feel like we could argue about this game for at least an hour. And I love yeah. that we played a game that we're so polarized That we on. knew Jeff would hate. Yes. <laughs> did we play it because we knew Jeff would hate no, it? No, I didn't know you hated it. Okay. Now, Josh sent me a, a tweet. He was like, you have to play with these guys again. Well, Bryce we have is, to have another try at this game. <laughs> yeah, our game with Josh was way worse than yeah, the game that we he played. He sent me a message. I didn't know how bad it was, but he said you guys should play again. What made like, the first play so bad? There was no money. No money in the game. And Josh priced stuff really high and just made me and Jeff kind of not do anything. Um, he bullied you out of the market. He Starbucks yes. you right out of the market. Uh-huh. Did he win? He Amazoned yeah, you. Yeah, he did. Bryce is the one who recommended me this t- this game to me when it was out of print for years, and he was like, oh, they're going to reprint it. And I was like, I don't know if I want to play this. And... Was, uh, who was calling for this game to be reprinted? That's my question. They, it was kind of a cult classic over time. And I don't think it's going to do super well. Like, I'm not saying this is a great game, and I'm not saying this is a bad game. Like, It's a fine game, and it's the perfect game to play at Spielbound. That's my recommendation. Who reprinted it? <laughs> and, and so I will, I will say it's a great game. This is a great game. Oh, okay. It is a very good game. Melissa, what do you it's say? It's either genius or terrible. I haven't decided. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think I, a, I understand your relationship so much more now. I, <laughs> I think a much How she better feels way. About Scott too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a much better way to say that is this game is not for everyone, and uh, yeah. you might not even know if it's for you or not for you until you play it. So come play it. 
I are you that. are you done shilling for Tavil Bound? I'm really not. Okay. I'm saying you know if you have I, a, I agree with him. Like, if you if, have a uh, friend, yeah. This is if you this is a game that you're not sure about. This is the type of game you would want to play. Like I didn't know I if I would enjoy it until I played it, and I didn't know if Cody would enjoy it until he played it, and like I'm not so much. Like I, I'm I you know I played it four times. I don't think I need to play it again. Did you think I would like it? I don't know. No, probably not. Okay, I, I liar, was, liar. You I promised was, me I would like it. I no, was I certain. <laughs> no, I would. I was certain <laughs> my wife would not like it, which is why we didn't play it the other night when oh. we played. Uh, um, sure. Who knows? Jordan's Maybe dead. your wife's a hidden oil baron or a container baron. She could be. <laughs> uh, so again, this is container tenth anniversary jumbo edition exclamation point. Uh, the designers are friends Benno DeLong, uh, Thomas Ewert Evert depends on where he's from, and Kevin Nesbitt who published it Mer- mercury games yeah the components are it's yeah. the artwork is abominable <laughs> artwork's bad the graphic design is even worse like it doesn't make yeah. clear what we're supposed to do and there's no player there aids in a 90 dollars game there should be player aids in a 40 dollars game there should be player aids in a 10 dollars yeah. game there should be player so, aids in every game it's literally a piece of paper yeah i don't agree with everything shut up and sit down said about this game but they do a pretty extensive review on it as well not this in depth we can argue a lot but Um, Shall we move on? We should move on. So this was part one. Part two will be out next week. (laughs) Ooh, what are we going to talk about on part two? On part two, we will be talking about... Melissa. And what game? And we're going to play a game. You're going to be talking about me? Do I get to speak? Or is this just like a... Oh. (laughs) You just have to sit there and (laughs) say... Join us next week.